Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the INI podcast. My name is Dan Aspel. Uh, today is slightly different and it's going to be a little bit shorter than usual because uh, our guest today has some rather timely news. Uh, so we're not going to forgo the formality of the intro music and a, uh, and a longer introduction. And my guest is Simon Singh, uh, who is an author, uh, filmmaker and physicist. Uh, thanks for joining us, Simon. Uh, my pleasure. And the reason you're here today is because you have an initiative uh, which uh, you were sharing on Twitter last week, um, which ends at the end of this week. And I'd love to hear more about it. And I'd like you to tell us uh, how people can get involved. Yeah. Uh, well, well thank, thanks for kind of fitting us in uh, at uh, such short notice, because the deadline for nominations is Friday, the 9th of October. So uh, teachers and parents just have this week to nominate. Now, what are they nominating for? Well, um, what I'm what I've been interested in in the last few years, you know, when you write books about maths or science, you get invited into schools and it's really great to meet teachers and to meet students. Um, but having visited uh, literally hundreds of schools over the last 10, 15 years, um, the issue that sort of concerned me most is is how do you help students who are really good at maths? How do you help them become really excellent? How do you make them or help them? Uh, make that step up so that they can not just get a good GCSE result, but then do further maths A-level and then start applying to do maths kind of STEMI activities at the top universities. And I, I think state schools, non-selective state schools, um, sometimes struggle with this. You know, teachers do a great job, but you know, if you've got one or two really good students, it, it's maybe harder for the teachers to find time to support those students because you've got to help the kids who are really struggling and you've got to help the kids who are okay but would like to be better um, and so you know it's hard to kind of work with those kids who are at the extremes of, of, of the spectrum and so I've thought about lots of different ideas over the years and um, the latest idea and I think this is the one that really hopefully will take off is called Maths Masterclasses uh, Tutorials or Maths Masterclasses um, which are online tutorials which are going to be free and so the idea is that parents and teachers can nominate students that for this year we're only looking at year eight and year 11. next year i really want to go year seven year eight year nine year 10 and year 11. so there's a a, a pathway almost from the end of primary school through to sixth form which supports these students and really stretches them so you know often these students find classroom maths fairly easy uh, and what we're going to do is make sure the math is not easy that they're going to have to go beyond their comfort zone they're going to have to learn things they're not necessarily familiar with um, explore things that they do know but explore them in in more depth um, so there will be a pathway from year seven to the end of year 11 but but right now it's only students in year eight and year 11 um, we're really looking for kids who are in the top sort of 1%, you know, or maybe in the top three, four, five percent um, We're particularly keen on students from disadvantaged backgrounds. Um, so teachers, you know, will know their students who are on free school meals or pupil premium students. And, and you know, they need to be strong mathematicians, but, but we'll definitely be looking to spot that talent in particular and bring it on board. Um, you know, the, the overall goal is to increase the number of, of excellent mathematicians, but also to increase the diversity of excellent mathematicians. Um, once we've got the nominations, which, as I say, end uh, the, the closing date is Friday, 
we're going to sit down on Monday and and select at least a couple of hundred students. I, I, at the moment, we're oversubscribed. And so we're going to try and go beyond the couple hundred. Um, you know, you might say, well, why am I asking for more nominations when we've already got too many? Um, but what I'd like to do is, you know, it, even if people are nominating this week, that at least um, if a school nominates, that at least one of its students will be on the program. So that, that school understands what program is and why we're doing it. And um, what the benefits will be in future years when, as I was saying, we want to expand from year seven to year 11, but we also want to have more and more students. So from this, this year will be hundreds, next year will be thousands. And uh, next year, the world will <laughs> take over maybe, we'll see what happens. Um, it, it, you know, it is still an experiment. We've still got a lot to learn. And, and so, um, you know, things might not go perfectly smoothly this year, but we did run some pilots in January, February, uh, April and May. Um, with different age groups, different uh, sizes of, of uh, tutorial groups. Um, and, and the feedback from the students was fantastic. The feedback from the tutors, um, they were less familiar with the technology, but they, they coped with it brilliantly. Um, the tutorials happen over Zoom. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it all seemed to work really well. And, and so, you know, the bottom line is teachers and parents uh, please do nominate your students, uh, your sons and daughters, and uh, let's see if we can get them on the program. Mm. And um, obviously, I'll include in the show notes and any social media posts a link to all of this. What could uh, students expect if they get on board with this? So um, in November, we'll start with just four introductory sessions. And that's a, a chance for students to get to know us and for us to get to know the students what we're really looking for is students that are, are going to engage with the material who um, there'll be a bit of homework as well. You know, we can explore some maths in the one hour that we're doing together. But we want the students then to go off and do some more maths because part of being great at maths is just doing more of it uh, as well as being exposed to interesting ideas. Um, so four weeks in November and, uh, you know, we want the students to be engaged and we want them to turn up every week you know this is a, a real commitment from them to say that they want to set aside an hour a week to have these tutorials um, and then at the end of november we'll identify those who are going to go onto the main program in january and it will be the majority of people who are in the november program uh, if you get into the november program you've got a pretty good chance of being in the main program in january and then uh, with our year eights, uh, we're going to look at a topic um, across a couple of weeks. So that might be things like, um, you know, geometry. It might be looking at ratios. It might be looking at sort of logic problems. Um, so we'll explore those over a couple of weeks, looking at, you know, using math challenge, you know, junior math challenge or Olympiad questions to, to stretch their thinking. And sometimes the questions may be beyond the students, but working together, with the tutor, we'll be able to build an answer. So even for questions that are beyond them, they'll begin to see how they can tackle those questions. And um, I think the great thing about working in groups is that the students will meet um, other keen mathematicians um, that they've not met before. Um, everybody is going to be on board with saying, kind of, we like maths and we like difficult maths. Um, they're going to challenge each other 
you know, somebody who thinks they're really good at geometry might find somebody who's even better than them. And that might hopefully inspire them to do better. So they'll be challenging, challenging each other, but also hopefully supporting each other uh, and, uh, and working together on some of these problems. Um, so we'll have these kind of topics that will run across a couple of weeks, uh, but we'll also have stuff that's just um, not really in the curriculum. You know, every maybe uh, at the end of each month, we might have a session on cryptography or, or um, something that the students would not normally cover, even maybe in the whole five years of their key stage three and key stage four life at school. So people know you, Simon, as um, as an author. Um, uh, for, I mean, uh, I'm looking at the our video conversation now and I can see both Homer Simpson and Bender behind you uh, on the shelf. Right. <laughs> um, uh, and obviously one of your books is about the mathematics of the Simpsons. Um, your interest in education is obviously very profound and you're very passionate about it. So where does this come from? Um, I suppose it comes from the fact that I, um, I went to uh, what we call a direct grant school in Somerset. It's kind of, it's what happened when the grammar schools um, disappeared in Somerset. So, you know, we took the 11 plus and if you pass the 11 plus, you got to go to this school. And I had a fantastic math teacher for seven years, the same Mr. Stevens, who uh, actually then retired and became a music teacher, which, uh, which was a real shame, I thought, because he was a brilliant, brilliant math teacher. <laughs> uh, but he had two great passions, I guess, maths and music. And, uh, I know that by being in that sort of grammar school environment, um, we were stretched and I, I was stretched to the max, um, which meant that when I went to do physics at Imperial, I was very well prepared to do the maths needed for a, a physics degree. Um, and then everything that's followed on from that, um, you know, I had a fantastic time doing a PhD at, at Cambridge and CERN, I had a fantastic time um, working television and radio and writing books. My whole career has been based on those uh, few years at secondary school where I was really stretched. And, and it wasn't just about being stretched at maths. It was about saying difficult things are good. And if you like a difficult problem, you can look at a difficult problem in physics. You can look at a difficult problem in any, in any uh, subject area. But you get used to this idea, which I think some people today call a growth mindset. Uh, and, and so, um, I just want to make sure that as many people have that opportunity uh, as possible. You know, um, I think if, if you don't have parents who are you know, math teachers or mathematically minded, then you're not necessarily going to get that support from home. My parents you know, never really went to school. My mother can't really read or well, can't read at all. My dad can sort of read a newspaper. Um, their numeracy was, is, you know, basic numeracy was very confident, but they never studied any maths beyond the age of sort of 13 or 14. Um, so all of my mathematical ability, which then led to other things, came through my secondary education. And so I just want to make sure that if there are kids out there who have that aptitude and enthusiasm, then we can we can we can take that further. We, we can make the most of that opportunity that the kids can have to build their futures. Um, and, and I think maths is 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 one of those things that needs mentoring. It needs support. Um, some people have said, why aren't you doing this for history or English? And, and partly because I'm, I'm not in, uh, those aren't my passionate subjects, that, that subjects I'm passionate about. Um, but also, I think if, if English is your thing, um, you know, in my school, we studied Macbeth and I read Macbeth at a fairly superficial level. Other kids who, who love their literature probably read it in ways I could possibly never have imagined. Um, 
but it's the same text and we're reading it at different levels, at different depths. And also those students could have been reading Dickens and doing other things and during the holidays and so on. Um, so I, I don't think that necessarily works with maths. If, if everybody's doing GCSE maths, if you're good at maths, math GCSE isn't really going to be that challenging in the way that a Shakespeare play would be. Um, similarly, if history is your thing, you know, I can remember history teachers saying, you know, go and read this book over the summer holidays or, you know, watch this TV program. And, and history books are generally readable by most people and most teenagers. Maths books require, as I say, this sort of mentoring and this support and this feedback from somebody who can lead you through it. Mm. Um, you know, my books, I'm very proud of my books. And I think they're um, hopefully inspire some people to want to study maths. But there's a twofold problem. One is it's great to have books that inspire people to study maths. But if you don't have the tools, if you don't have that mathematical foundation to be able to study the maths, well, wanting to study it is not good enough. You've got to have, have that core mathematical uh, experience at secondary school. Um, and secondly, I hope my books do inspire and I hope they teach a bit of maths, but they're not maths textbooks. So what happens in schools is far more important than what happens in my textbooks, uh, my, my popular science books. Um, and so, so I suppose that's where my interest in education comes from. Mm. Well, it, it sounds like a fabulous opportunity and it's, um, it's very exciting. I really hope that uh, a handful or more of people listening to this are inspired to um, uh, apply by the end yeah. of the week. Yeah, I, I just mentioned one other thing, which I think, yeah, please. I, I, I think you know, it, it's easy to kind of throw money at this problem and it's easy to come away with all sorts of different ideas, um, which will have some benefit. What I've, what we've really worked hard on, I'm, I'm working with a charity called Talent Ed, who've been doing face-to-face -face tutorials for a long time. So, but this is online. Um, I think what's what's really good about what we're doing is that it's it's cost-effective, and it's scalable. By having groups of five or six students together for an hour with one tutor, um, it means that the cost per student over the year is relatively small, which is why I think we can increase it to thousands of students in the very near future. And secondly, it's scalable. We can reach every school in the UK. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're in, you know, in Edinburgh or Cornwall, you could be in the same group. Um, so the flexibility and the cost effectiveness and the scalability and the nationwide potential um, is what makes me think that we won't get everything right first time this year, but we can fix things and we can make this a hopefully a, a, a project that that creates thousands more great young mathematicians who will then be the computer scientists and the engineers and the physicists of the future. That's fantastic. So teachers and parents, please find the link in the show notes. And uh, if you're following this from social media, then you'll already have it. Uh, so thank you very much, Simon, for explaining that. And I, I really hope it works out very well indeed. I look forward to catching up later and seeing what the results have been. Great. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks. Cheers. Bye.